Hello, and welcome to Racing Incident, a Formula One podcast in an American accent. I'm Anna. And I'm Ellen. And, um, you know, I wish I could start singing the Canadian National Anthem right now, but I don't know the words. <laughs> Other than, oh, Canada is in there. Yep. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is the extent of it for me as well. Yeah. Okay, good, good. So it's not just me. I mean, Anna, granted... I'm- we're not Canadian citizens. Yeah. Probably we would know it if we were. I do know the words to the American National Anthem. I do know those. Yeah. I do yeah, know those. So. Um, I know but. some words to the French National Anthem, and that's mostly because Ooh. it's, like, so good. It is good. I do like it. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. Of course, you know, in the opinion of Danny Ricardo, the U.S. one is the best one. Um, and <laughs> Look, I appreciate it. But sometimes when I hear him say things like that, I think he's just trying to, I don't know, like hype us up for no reason. Yeah, I don't know why. You know know what I, you know, I mean, I think it just comes down to like, I've tried to figure out why like so many of the F1 drivers, like Danny Rick is of course the most well known for it, for like loving America with his entire heart and soul. But I've heard a lot of other drivers say, you know, very, very positive things about the U.S. And I feel like it's because the U.S. is a great place if you have a lot of money. Oh, like, it's, it's, a, it's fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. So also, I think <laughs> great diversity. I know that Fox News would have you believe that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Eh, I mean, diversity to an extent, but we have like. Pretty bad housing segregation, though. So oh, it's not, certainly, certainly. Yeah, but I mean, um, in the sense of like, you can go to places and there are options. I, no, I, that sounds weird, but like <laughs> different you know, kinds of people. Yes, like like I said, yeah. I, I was just in San Francisco for work, and you can go to Chinatown for dinner and have some of the best Chinese food you've ever had. You can go to the Mission District and have some of the best Mexican food and experience a whole new culture. Um, and I don't think that's yeah. well true in larger cities in Europe. It's not, you know, standard, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it depends where you live. I mean, I can't imagine that someone would think that London is really a worse place to live than or Paris or, you know, other major cities. I feel like major cities are similar, you know, in the sense that there's a lot going on in, in cities. And if you yeah. live, as long as you live in a city or close enough to one, there's probably a lot happening. Anyway, okay, this concludes the geography portion of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll just say again that Danny Rick's assertion that the American National Anthem is the best one is like, I, I don't know if you guys have heard, I forget where it was that he talked about this, but it was, uh, on, I think it was a video of some kind that uh, where he's talking about this, and he, he even said he, he said he gets choked up, Okay. He gets choked up, right? Like, like this guy is... You don't get, like, extra... Like, you don't get moved up in the line (laughs) for, like, an immigration card just because you said the national anthem is good. Yeah, I mean, I I don't get it. Plus, he can't... He wouldn't want uh, uh, citizenship status here, right? Because then wouldn't he have to pay taxes on, like... You know, if you live in Monaco. So uh, oh, I, think, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that would work for him, actually. He just wants all the benefits without any of the work. Yeah. So fun fact for listeners. <laughs> Which makes him very American, actually. Actually, yeah, that is a very American <laughs> thing. If you live outside of the United States and you are a U.S. citizen, you still have to pay taxes to the U.S. government. Yeah, yeah. The United States and then one other country, I believe most other countries use a residency-based 
taxation system, not a citizenship-based taxation system. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. Yeah, so it is It is truly hmm. only the United States that does this. <laughs> and it is an attempt to to get rich people who move abroad to avoid paying taxes to pay taxes. But like most uh, things, it ends up hurting people, yeah. average people who, you know, move abroad for jobs. Right. You know, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. That's then have to extremely dumb. Yeah, that's that's extremely dumb because, as we all know, or as people, if you don't know, I'm here to tell you, rich people have all kinds of other ways to avoid paying their taxes. They don't need this. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't making them pay their taxes. You know, there's right. like five thousand other ways they can avoid paying their taxes. They just incorporate themselves and then yeah, or you have an offshore you know account or this or that. There's like all these all these ways. Um, yeah, so that that maybe that was a good idea at the time. It it was a nice try in theory, right? <laughs> like so many other laws and things like that. You know, it's like the the intentions are good, but then the execution um, doesn't work out. Okay, um, now this concludes the tax <laughs> portion of the show, civics and, and econ portion. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Teaching you something here. You see teaching you because we can't actually teach you anything about f1 we can only make jokes about it or <laughs> or discuss serious things about yeah. it but we probably can't teach you anything about it because we're not an engineer or a driver or anything like that but no. um yeah we could teach you about other things all right so uh just quick housekeeping of course as usual please remember to rate and review us um i believe that we may be findable now on apple podcasts so if you haven't uh if that is where you do listen um then uh look us up well you should already be subscribed so you should already be able to um uh, rate us, but I believe you wouldn't have been able to write a review, but I think now that you can, uh, if anyone wants to tell us otherwise, please let me know. I think I fixed the thing that needed to be fixed, but I'm not 100% sure because I haven't had a chance to check. <laughs> so just let us know. Um, but yeah, wherever you're listening, please rate and review us. Um, just also a quick reminder about our super exciting guest that we're going to have on next week, um, which is, of course, Mr. Willie T. Ribs. The first black driver to ever test a Formula One car, um, had a really cool career in motorsport in general, raced in IndyCar uh, at the Indy 500, other series. So, um, you know, he was definitely, he was one of the, you know, very early black drivers in a lot of, uh, in a lot of those series. So it's going to be an interesting conversation and um, you can send us questions either, um, you can send it to us on Twitter. You can send us a direct message or just add us. We're, of course, at racing underscore incident there. You can also email us questions. And that is racingincidentpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Um, make sure you get your questions in by Sunday, June 26th, because we'll be recording on the 27th. So um, get your questions in by then. And also just a quick note that you can hear me on um, a podcast that a local uh, Chicagoan, uh, Leah Jones, does. She's really cool. Uh, it's called Finding Favorites, where people talk about their favorite things. So, of course, I talked about F1, and you can hear that now. I will put a link for you guys if you want to check it out. Okay, that's it for housekeeping. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay, one last final housekeeping note, actually, I want to add in, Anna. So last week, our Tweet of the Week winner, at Kelly 66 had posted a GIF 
from a YouTube video um, from like five or six years ago, and we were talking a little bit about it on the last episode. So I just wanted to come on here and say that I did go back and rewatch that YouTube video. Very offensive. I completely <laughs> forgot how bad it was. Um, so maybe don't watch it. We do not endorse that video. Okay. But yeah. move on, gay. Very funny part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's okay to enjoy it just in gift form. That's the way to go. Because as a standalone gift, it's funny and uh, and a cute and a fun idea. And uh, I think that, I, I frankly, I think gay people should be going around, like, pushing people out of the way. Because usually if you're a queer person, you're marginalized. So, like, you know, give someone a shove. Why not? I mean, okay, <laughs> don't actually do that probably because <laughs> unless it's someone you know, then you can shove them, I guess. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, on to the, the real. On to the meat of yeah, the, the content. Uh, the contest, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, since we're super professional podcasters, as we're always reminding you. Um, <laughs> but before we get to talking about the race, I just wanted to quickly, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, whatever, but like, uh, I don't usually do this lately because I'm just like, eh, boring. But I actually, I, I watched the uh, team principals press conference uh, this week ahead of the race. You know, as uh, as people might know, the drivers do the press conference. They all have to. And then the team principals, I don't actually know how it works because it's not every team principal um, and it varies. Uh, there might be, so I'm guessing it's some kind of, you know, uh, period system where they have to do it. You know, maybe you have to do it so many times in a yeah. given season or something like that. Well, you know how you the know? drivers get randomly paired up? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Or now like, it's groups of Four or five or however. Oh, is it? Yeah. I haven't been watching yeah. any. That's yeah, I'm exposing they, uh, myself here. Yeah, it's all. It's no more masks. It's you know. <laughs> uh, now it's yeah. It's uh, groups. They of, should bring uh, back like, the full group. Yeah, I those know, were good. Was, I liked those. Those were cool. I don't know if that was ever everybody though, because twenty people is a lot. So I think even those were oh, probably like maybe I'm thinking. I think, of. I think even those were. I know what you're talking about because I've seen some of those old clips, of course, like of old uh, press conferences from back in the day. And I, I th- I'm guessing that even then they probably had some kind of means of like um, splitting them up because 20 people is too many um, for what, you know, because then also then the problem, too, is that all the people have to sit there and there might be questions only for, you know what I mean? So right. they, it wastes their time, too. Anyhow, uh, so the team principals also have to, again, I don't know how it works, how often they have to do it. But so this week it was, um, I didn't watch actually all of them. They also had them split up into two parts. Uh, there were three team principals in one section and three in the other. And I only watched the one with, um, Franz Tost from Alphatari, uh, Otmar from, um, I asked Martin, and then who was the third one? I actually ca- oh yeah, Mike Crack. So uh, by the way, who <laughs> or uh, not? That's right, Omar, not from Aston Martin. From Alpine, <laughs> I'm still yes, thinking of I know. Him. Yeah, <laughs> so it's confusing. <laughs> yeah, from Alpine, exactly. I'm so I'm not used to it. Still, I'm not used to it. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so. <sighs> So people probably know this by now, especially by the time you'll be listening to this. You know, there was the technical directive that came down from the FIA uh, saying that, yeah, that they want seemingly that they want to address this uh, porpoising and bottoming issue the drivers are complaining about. And and again, let me reiterate before we talk about this, that in the drivers meetings, it has been publicly said by more than one driver that every driver has expressed a problem with it other than Fernando Alonso. Literally, he's the only one who's 
Anna, anyway, the point. Anna can confirm I just did the biggest eye roll. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah. No, it's 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 funny that, you know, he's well, he's just because he's he's just so short. He probably just doesn't feel it. I don't know. Um, but then Yuki's short, too. I, I don't know. Um, so no, it's just it's just friggin' <laughs> Fernando Alonso being Fernando Alonso. It's just probably like very like it's like a tough guy thing. Well, we don't know the circumstances, of course. We're not in those meetings. No, no one really knows. But um, but no, Fernando Alonso you know, is like, oh, Hamilton's complaining. I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably. He's like, he hates that. I love it. Uh, that's probably it. Stuff. I know. I know. I know. That's right. That's right. It's like when you, you know, there's like a kid in school who like you hate or whatever and you want to do the opposite thing. Yes. Of everything they do. Yeah, it does have that vibe to it. But anyway, so literally every driver except Alonzo. And uh, and so they were so the FIA now has the, they didn't really make any official changes yet. A technical directive is not a change in regulation. It's just a directive um, that uh, and they're going to they were supposedly gathering data at the Canadian Grand Prix like the teams are going to share you know, information on what, how much they're porpoising or like what the, you know, and then, then the FIA now, we don't know what's going to happen next exactly, but they've said that they're going to try to, try to deal with the problem somehow. So of course uh, the drivers also were asked about it and actually it was a really awkward moment <laughs> in the section, in the section of the press conference that Lewis was in and Max was in it as well. Um, and when they asked Max about it, I think they put it to all the drivers, or I can't remember, in that session. But Max was like, yeah, it's not really that. Like, Max kind of was like, it's not a big deal. He made the point that, like, he was like, I think the teams should deal with it or whatever, you know. Like, he, he played it off like it's not a big issue. And then Lewis spoke next, and was like, and Lewis was like, it's interesting how people will say one thing. Basically, he was like saying how people will say one thing in private and another thing in public. Because if we are to believe what has been said, which I don't see why I wouldn't, that every driver has said it is an issue, that means that includes Max. So privately, in drivers' meetings, where there's no cameras and no reporters, he has said that is an issue for him as well. But when he's asked about it, he's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> and that's on media training. Exactly. Which exactly. is not because great. Yeah. Which, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. But, like, that... Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know the circumstances of how they're asked about it in the driver's meeting. Maybe they were like, maybe it was literally just a matter of like, raise your hand if you think it's a problem or something like that. And he raised his hand, you know, not exactly a huge complaint then if that's the case or, you know, who knows. But nevertheless, um, of course, you know, people have probably seen the stories. Uh, Christian Horner's all, of course, out there being like, well, that's not fair. You know, for them to because I mean, I honestly don't even understand why they're concerned, because if if uh, the FIA like makes Mercedes raise the ride height, then that would disadvantage them as they're all these other people are saying, then what are you complaining about? Don't you, you would want them disadvantaged, right? That's your that's your concern, right? Like the they're going to get some kind of unfair advantage. I don't see how they're going to get an unfair advantage. Right. I just don't. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's just him. Absolutely <laughs> talking out of his behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I get the, I get what people are saying with it being 
you know, that like, but again, you can't have, um, I'm actually going to, I actually want to give a shout out to the Shift F1 podcast, their most recent episode, and I can link to it for you guys. Um, they had actually a really good discussion about this also. And uh, one of their hosts was like, well, this is why we have like government. It was exactly like what we said last yes. time. Like, this is why you have a governing body or in the case of uh, a like a state or a country or whatever, why you have government. Because people might do all kinds of crazy things. People might, if you didn't have a speed limit, people would drive as fast as they want to. Oh, if I certainly didn't have, would. <laughs> same here. <laughs> and they still, of course, sometimes do, but then yes. they know they might get a ticket. You know, that's there. there's consequences, you know. Um, you know, people would do all sorts of uh, crazy things, but the the idea of a government or of a governing body in this case is to give people freedom to give teams freedom but then within acceptable you know parameters Limits, yeah when they when it compromises people's safety in this case the drivers which is why i also wanted to mention for the love of god i've now heard like several people compl uh, compare this to like the weight issue in the beginning of the season when some cars were overweight and some weren't and the fia was like oh, okay well we'll have to you know make an accommodation here and the teams who were not overweight were like hey that's not fair that really wasn't fair i agree with that yeah it was this not fair at all that wasn't fair they yeah some teams were in the right uh parameters and some weren't you know, they could have instead instead of uh, changing things, they could have been like, well, no, now you're going to be penalized or you have to figure it out or something, you know. But th this isn't the same as that. A car being heavier or lighter is not a danger to any driver's health. Exactly. That's it's not a safety <laughs> issue. It's not. I don't understand how people are confused about this being a safety issue. In fact, I also was really glad about the way the FIA worded it in the sense of not just like they seem to maybe they don't really care about the health of the drivers as much, <laughs> but they were kind of like, well, they do, of course they do. But like, I mean, they didn't they when they came out with the technical directive, they didn't couch it in the terms of like we're worried about their long term health and what this will do to their spine or whatever else. They were like, well, if they're in a lot of pain while driving or whatever else, then they might not be able to concentrate properly on driving. And you're driving at 200 miles an hour, you better be able to concentrate. Exactly. Because that's really fast and you need to, you know, have your full focus on what you're doing. You got to be on it. Well, also, too, I saw a clip of Lewis talking, I forget to who, but he was essentially saying that you cannot ask the teams to be the ones that are prioritizing safety over performance exactly because the performance directly impacts how much money they make and they have mm -hmm. thousands of employees to take care of right it's not it, it's not just about winning it's about more than that there's an economic consequence that's right that's a very good point lewis is always that's why i love him he's always you know he he actually always thinks about I mean, there was a famous uh, thing like when he was asked a lot about how he was driving last season against Max, who was, you know, constantly on a terrorism. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and Lewis was like, well, see, I think because Lewis was like, I think not just about myself. I think about, you know, the thousand people that are back at the factories and that they're not going to, you know, get like a bonus, let's say, or something if like I DNF in this race and, and we don't do well and stuff like that. I was like, that's really nice. And so this is this is a really good point. Yeah. It's not just about winning, which of course it's a lot about that too. But it's but it, there are finance the teams, 
you know, get their 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 financial future is tied directly to their performance. I mean, that's how the whole thing works. So, yeah, exactly. But yeah. uh, So I I mean, but so the thing that I found really objectionable in the team principals press conference is Mr. Franz Tost, who I previously had no positive or negative feelings one way or the other about. I thought he was just an okay guy, whatever. I didn't know anything about him. I have very negative feelings about him after seeing this press conference performance where uh, recall for a moment that last week we talked about the stuff Pierre Gasly has said about the bouncing and about how bad it is and about he made this comment like we're going to be walking with a cane when we're 30 if things continue this way. Now Pierre Gasly is one of Franz Toss drivers. Okay, and meanwhile, Franz Toss in this press conference was like, um, you know, if these drivers think these cars are uncomfortable, then maybe they should just sit at home on the couch and uh, then they'll be really comfortable. Maybe they should like, you know, find a different job, basically. And then he was like, maybe they need to train their necks more and their gluteus maximus, which that's like your ass muscle. Okay, (laughs) now. uh, (laughs) Yes, indeed. I mean, okay, first of all, I actually don't think the neck is the issue here from what I understand about this. I don't think it would actually help you to have a str- which they already have strong necks, friends. Okay? These guys are they <laughs> they wouldn't be able to drive these cars if their necks weren't strong, okay? They they'd be flopping over halfway through. You know, I just To me don't this understand. was just it was such a cop out. It was such a cop-out answer because he didn't actually want to have to think about what that means for the car that they're trying to build or what that means for the season they're trying to put together. And, you know, and also, too, I, I'm 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 with you on that. I didn't really have any thoughts about, you know, Franz Tost. Um, I have heard him referred to, like, <laughs> he's kind of like a finisher, quote-unquote. Um, uh. Like, he's really good at kind of refining some of these younger drivers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he does seem to be right because Yuki, you can see under his tutelage, has really improved, you know. And exactly. Yuki did all that talking about how he works out now more and trains harder because Franz was such an inspiration to him because he's like 60 or however old he is and he can still run like five miles or whatever. And, you know, and which is why also like that all makes sense, though. That's all that all makes sense in light of these comments. Like you can now I understand, I think, Franz Tost who one of our uh, Twitter followers referred to as Mr. French Toast, which I know you loved, so I wanted to make sure to bring that up. Thank you. I was going to try to bring it up at some point because I <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing I had read all week. And I had gonna, I had tweeted, I'm just gonna tweeted this back now. and said, like, I'm definitely going to think about this, like, in my office to myself with my door open <laughs> and somebody's going to hear me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to call him that from from (laughs) now on going forward because, yeah. Uh, So Mr. French Toast is, you know, clearly one of these like, you know, tough guy, uh, old school guys. Like you just got to work harder and get good. And you know what I mean? Like (laughs) very old school. That that works for a lot of things. Just drive the car. Yeah, that, that does work. Sometimes, of course, you do have to train. And if someone wasn't, like Yuki said, he wasn't training enough last season. He, like, admitted it. And he said now he is. And and he's also doing better. I'm sure it helps, um, you know, in in all kinds of ways. But, like, but this isn't something you can 
train hard and be okay then. You know, this is not that situation. And for him to, like, he was just really, like, his whole attitude was like, he was like, this is a Formula One car, not a Rolls Royce. Like, it's not, like, basically saying that you're just not going to be comfortable in this thing. Like, deal with it. Like, that's not, there are levels to this thing, Mr. French Toast. There are levels. Well, also, too, like, by that logic, they've all been uncomfortable this whole time. And they're, they're now just complaining about how uncomfortable it is. So that should signal to you that it's extra uncomfortable and a problem. Yeah. No, no, that's that's incorrect, L. They just need to work their asses harder in the gym, you know. It's just everything's going to be fine. Start doing those there deadlifts, was, there was, guys. <laughs> yeah. There was some other, another, like, one of these XF1 drivers who came out and said, like, a dumb thing like this also, that, oh, maybe they just need to train harder. Like, seriously, guys, this is that, this is that, like, toxic masculinity bullshit that that is inherent in a lot of sports, of course, including this one, and you know, because it's this very macho type of atmosphere. And oh, I can take it, you know. But like, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. Well, it, it just doesn't. Also, if they had, if they could just do a lap in the car, I think they would change their minds. I I know, I know, I don't know. Maybe they no, I don't know. This this Mr. French Toast would be like, nope, that was fine. I was uncomfortable, but it was all right. I'm tough. I can take it. Back in I my day, we had to walk to school uphill exactly. in a blizzard, but it was also 100 degrees, and we didn't have shoes or lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, to- it totally had those vibes, exactly. It was that exact vibe. And I'm like, dude, like, why? Progress marches on, and even if you had to walk to school with no shoes or whatever, and now you have shoes, and why would you have to, why would you have to, you know, why would a child have to do that now? Now they can just wear shoes. Surely if you'd have had shoes, you would have preferred that. Right. Uh, you know, back in the Middle Ages when you were going to school. This would I mean, be like uh, you had beautiful Nike, <laughs> I don't know, the most comfortable Nike shoes, whatever. They're all pretty comfortable. But now you poked a hole through the toe, and every time your foot is sliding forward a little bit. Do you want that to be fixed? I would. No, see, you just would have to train your toe muscles better, see, and then it would be all right. Like, you're, you're obviously you're trying to take the easy way out. You're a pansy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my little <laughs> toe dumbbell. <laughs> anyway, you know, and, and I was actually not super happy about Otmar either in, the, in that same press conference because he, he didn't do the, like, whole tough guy thing, but he was uh, very displeased. Uh, also with the technical directive and he also did the whole like well the team could just you would just raise the right height raise the right height everything would be fine max said this too this was this was the refrain from the people who are kind of not happy about this you know that you could just raise the right height and then everything would be fine and uh um uh, you know which we've already covered why that's just not an acceptable right you know way to approach it but like uh he was also otmar was also <laughs> I feel like this was an interesting window into the functioning of the Alpine team, perhaps, uh, because he said that uh, at the time that the technical director came down, uh, their technical director of the team was on a flight, and so he didn't see it right away, and they didn't. He he felt that it was too close to the race, like that it was it was not enough time because you know they're going all the way to Canada from all these teams are based in Europe, and that he was like. <laughs> He was like, well, we didn't have enough time to, like, properly prepare. Well, Otmar, if you had just gotten there earlier, this wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he, I guess, was their technical director. But, like, also, I'm like, what, is he the only person 
whose job it is to to oversee these types of things like i don't understand like what happened if uh god forbid that plane crashed and, and you know that would you like not know how to build the car i don't know i mean it's just all very confusing to me all but, gone uh, he, no car <laughs> no car sorry <laughs> the guy's not here so we can't do it uh but uh but he he was unhappy about the he, he said that like other teams like Mercedes were able to, with this new technical directive, I guess it allowed them to put more of those uh, stays on the floor. These are these like kind of wire-like things that you see that are kind of going from the uh, cart to like to kind of to, st to hold the floor more, to stiffen it more, and to make it less bouncy and porpoisey, I guess. Uh, these are the technical terms, of course. Um, and uh, and so Mercedes was like, I guess teams were allowed to put on more. They, they were already allowed to. That was already a change to the regulations from the very beginning they were allowed to put those things on and now they can put on more of them oh, okay. apparently um and so in Oatmore, i was like well we didn't have we because we got this news so late i'm like you got it at the same time as everyone else okay all the other teams are also in europe i mean it's just well and then on, <laughs> on top of that like everybody got out at the same time and if you weren't able to make it happen in between the time you know you got the news and fp1 that's on you. That sounds like a not an FIA type problem. Sounds like a time is. management problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's that. <laughs> I think we should talk about the race before we talk about uh, whether Seb Vettel is a hypocrite. I think we should save that for the end. I agree. Since that's a little, a little more interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, the race. Yeah, so. You know, it, it happened. Canadian <laughs> GP. Max Verstappen was the winner. Yeah, for the millionth time, it feels like, this season. I quite like this race. I'm not going to lie. Quali was great. Yeah. And the race was fun. It was. So, yeah, this was for both of us, I think, right? For both of us, since we're, like, newer fans who weren't watching back when they were last there. This was the first time we saw the Canadian race. Yes. And I liked it. I, I liked the circus. I thought the track was great. Yeah, I'm. I think I like it. I like it quite a bit. I like that. I like their hairpin a lot. Some hairpins are like not. I don't know. They're just not hairpinny enough. <laughs> 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 but I really like this one, um, and that looks like a fun place to sit because you'd be able to see the cars because they have to really slow down. Of yeah, course, that would be a great place hairpin. to sit. Yeah, yeah, that looks like a fun place to be. Um, but yeah, it looks like actually a lot of it looks like the grandstands are really close to the, that look, we like, we have, we have to try to go to this one one someday. We should. In the, yeah, because I, I know that it's one of the more affordable ones, number one and number two, like the, the, yeah, the grandstands like really look a lot closer than they do a lot of other tracks. I don't know if it's just the way things look on camera or what, but they, they seem pretty close. Like they do. <laughs> I think if, maybe because yeah. it's more of a temporary track. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but that it looked it looked great. It looked like there's almost like not a bad seat in the house. So, I would be very interested in being in one of those seats <laughs> next summer. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know. We should try. We should try. I don't know. I would it would take be like a space shuttle launch here for me over here. But maybe we can figure something out. Um, Got a whole year we'll to figure it out. <laughs> true, true. Start planning now. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, so you know. Obviously, a few major talking points in the race. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of the conversation I've heard so far is, you know, was it a good recovery drive by Charles or not? He, of course, started from way in the back because he got a new power unit. 
don't know the answer. <laughs> I thought it was like, a good recovery drive. It was. It was. I think he probably I, would have been up farther if not for bad strategy and bad pit stops. Yeah. Yeah, they did have they well they didn't have as bad a problem as like McLaren, but yikes, yeah, they were slow. They were slow. They were slow again. Yeah, and I ah uh, things like that just kind of make me think like even though these are small things in comparison to like what happened in Monaco or like in comparison to you know uh, major reliability issues or stuff like that, it still is kind of like it's guys, another thing. Yeah, it's it's like if you can't like like when Red Bull had actually some slow pit stops too, but it's like when they have a slow pit stop, it's like it's very rare. It's like everyone's like, "Ooh, a slow pit stop for Red Bull. This is unprecedented." You know, but when Ferrari does it or someone it's like, "Okay, yeah." Oh, it's another thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's in the like grand in the grand scheme of it, these kind of botched pit stops aren't you know, the greatest fumble, but they do add up. Um, and honestly, yeah, if, they if they want to beat Red Bull this year, they're going to have to be perfect because Red Bull yeah. is so on it. I just, I don't, I don't see it from them And you right can't now. be losing time I, in the pits. Like, yeah, no, no, you can't. I mean, uh, we can just quickly mention, I think here, since we're talking about pit stops, what happened with McLaren. I mean, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's assume. <laughs> now, in this case, it actually did cost them points, like, like, like Danny Rick could have well gotten at least eight points potentially. He should have been. In, he should have been ten or nine or eight. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where and he was he, running he was, the whole race. He was running tenth, even like I think with like how many like not that many laps to go, and then and then he lost that place. But he wouldn't have been so far back if the pit stops weren't so awful. Um, so I mean, they just yeah. I mean, Lando, I almost feel bad for him. I still am not like uh, I used to actually be a fan of Lando, and lately I'm kind of like not because <laughs> because he's so like I, I am in some ways. I think there he has a lot of good qualities and all that, and of course he's a really good driver. I think I do rate him as a driver, but I'm kind of like eh, you know, yeah, you're good, but you're like also I, I feel like he's very arrogant sometimes, and I know that's kind of like his personality, but I, I'm just not a fan. so here's my thing with mclaren currently i do feel bad for lando because the car that they gave him was i do just that was horrible oh my god even in qualifying it was so bad yeah he had the issue there which is what was what started all the problems and and somehow somehow daniel ricardo figured it out enough to get Mm -hmm. something and then they the whole team went and screwed it up so they got nothing Yeah, just bad. You know, two things about McLaren. The first is that, you know, I know Daniel Ricciardo has been getting a lot of flack on the internet recently. <laughs> a lot of heat. And from us, too. And I think deservedly yeah. so. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say ours is necessarily coming from a place of, like, anger. It's more just, like, we think he is kind of over it. You know, what's his next move? I, mean, I don't think anyone's is coming from a place of like anger, right? Unless somebody just like has some kind of personal vendetta against him that we don't know about. Uh, but other than that, knows? it's just people being, you know, honest. And he knows himself that his performance hasn't been yeah. great. But he is, he has the last couple races, he's been doing better. Yeah. It must be said. But, you know, all of that being said, I do think that we also need to turn the camera on McLaren because they have been getting away with a lot of shit, I think. Mm-hmm. Bad strategy, mm-hmm. bad pit stops, bad car. 
really just a bad car. Yeah, um, and I maintain that they're not really managing their drivers that well. No, because I, I do not think that that stuff that was going on on the radio in Baku was was great. You know, no. I think that there's a reason that that was such a talking point because that's like not, you know, that's kind of not what you want to hear, you know, and that's not how you want to see things happen. Like at the end, you know, everyone saw what happened when they got to the checkered flag that Lando like almost overtook him before the line to like show like, yeah, I'm, I'm the number one driver. Like you're not, you know, yeah, I know they told me to hold position fine, but I'll just be like half a second behind you here at the end just to show everybody. And you know, that's not, you've got to, you know, I think that they're having to manage that whole uh, relationship and the perception of that relationship because then in the, I feel like this was very, very deliberate in mm-hmm. my opinion that in the, in the like McLaren Unbox thing that they, you know, put out every, uh, after every race, it's like the little mini, you know, documentary about the weekend. Um, they had a whole thing like after usually it's like the end credits and then that's it and they had the end credits and then it was like this whole scene of like Lando and Daniel playing uh, with one of those little basketball hoops that you stick to the back of a yeah you know when you throw the ball and it was this like you know it was this like cute and funny interaction whatever and made it look like they're like best buds right but I they're stuck in those rooms there and they have nothing else to do you know what I mean like so yeah if you've got a basketball thing on there you're gonna play with it like I don't think anyone is really being fooled into thinking that they're best friends or anything or even no also like it it's all it's all marketing right and, and exactly. that leads me to my, my second point is that you know mclaren is very very obviously trying to build a marketing machine to rival red bull mm-hmm. but what they failed to do or failed to realize is that red bull's marketing power comes from their performance it's not the other way around you know with mclaren you can't build this like brand without the results you can't you know you can't rely on the history of the brand because it is tarnished it's a tarnished brand um and so it has to be both and i'm kind of like guys maybe if you just did one less webex ad yeah i mean and got in the garage I agree. I agree. Like I, and, and I'm not even like, saying I, they need to be winning races, but they need to. They need to do something because it's not yeah. good. I agree. I agree. You know, I do. I can't believe I'm saying this because usually I'm all. You know, I'm yes. really into like the stuff the teams do on the marketing end and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And and you know, social media and whatever and all the content they make and such. But it's like, I mean, I think probably it, it's unlikely that like they're focusing like too much on that and that there's you know some kind of loss it, of focus no but the, it seems but like it, it though seems, it that's seems the thing that it yeah, seems it there's does. a perception that that's mm-hmm. how it is and that's the problem whether it is yeah. actually that or not it doesn't really matter it's the yeah. perception that it seems like they're only going out and doing all of these deals i swear to god every day i get on twitter right. and it's like oh mclaren is proud to announce a new partnership with yep. i don't know insert random brand yeah. you'll play yogurt like <laughs> okay you know so not actually a sponsor actually of McLaren sponsor. Formula One team um that, that yeah, we know as of. far as we know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yeah no it's true I mean all these they have so many sponsors they must all be giving like very small sums of money is all I can imagine because otherwise you know they'd be like rolling in it McLaren you know I, I don't I don't know maybe they are I have no idea but 
it's uh, yeah, it's like maybe yeah, maybe I think you might be onto something because of course that's like you know Zach Brown's whole like mo like that's why he got partially I think a major reason why he got that job you know is because he he used to uh, run a company where he did sponsorship uh, deals and he was hugely successful at that and he's yeah. obviously very very good at it because as you said they have like a new sponsor every five minutes but yeah you got to turn it into something now you know right you gotta like they I don't know they they I feel like they think they can go very far on the fact that they've got these two very personable drivers and of course they do have a strong brand and there is you know McLaren does have a you know that they they really really cater to the fans like they're very you know overt about all that stuff and it does seem to pay off I think you know in the sense that people do really get like yeah I'm a McLaren fan you know but we'll see we'll see how future seasons go I guess is, is what'll tell the tale because if they start sliding further back than they already have uh this season then Maybe people aren't going to want to be on the car <laughs> yeah, as much. I mean, that's why it's like that tough thing that like when you're a team that's not doing as well, people don't necessarily want to be a sponsor because like, well, you're not going to be on TV much and et cetera. Like we didn't see, I don't think we saw the McLarens that much other than the bad pit stop. <laughs> right. And, you know, you're like, you know, they're, all you see is the bad pit stop and on the back it says Cisco WebEx. Like, yeah. That's not great marketing for them. I actually, it's accurate no. marketing though because <laughs> who is still using Cisco WebEx in 2022? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, anyway. You know, there's that. So but. McLaren. Yeah, I'm starting to think. Remember how you're like McLaren's a little shady? <laughs> they're shady. They are so shady. I think there there might be some shadiness there. Yeah, I think so. And look, I, think so. I am a Danny Rick apologist. I will freely admit that. <laughs> I kind of think we should leave. Oh, you mean you think it'd be better for him to leave? Yes. Oh, interesting. I don't think he ever should have gone to McLaren in the beginning, like to begin hmm. with. I don't think he should have left Renault. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's th there's definitely that school of thought out there because, you know, even though things hadn't necessarily gone. But do you think back then he was still like, I want to win a championship and he felt like he had to go to a team that was more in contention in his view or yes or do you think I, yes I do definitely think that and to be fair to him was that the year that McLaren came in third or fourth I I, yeah something I mean they were yeah they were they were on the upswing and uh and of course you know continued to be last year um even though they didn't get third um yes and, you know Dan but that was all Danny's fault <laughs> yeah they were fourth because of Lando or you know yeah, all the yeah. points were mostly because of Lando, except for obviously yeah. a very large points haul because from Monza. But yeah, of course. But yeah, but he yeah. Now if if, if Danny had done better, they they might have beaten Ferrari to the yeah. to number three in the constructors. I but just anyway. I think that had he yeah. stayed at Renault, he could have really designed the car to how he to the spec that he needed it to be. Yeah. Well, but didn't he? Why didn't that happen with this year's car? Then this is a brand new car. I think it's built to Lando's. Okay. Okay, so you're saying you think because Lando's already like the established guy, yeah. but they were still, but they when they brought Danny in though, they were like they thought that oh Lando's gonna learn a lot from him, and that Lando's gonna uh, will be happy if Lando's keeping up with him. I think is what they but thought. But I, I mean, maybe for last year's car, but not for this year's car. I think they built it to to Lando's Lando's preferred specifications. Um, yeah, I don't know. You it's, know, it's all a mystery. Right? We call Danny Rick the last of the late breakers, but that's really only true in overtaking. 
He yeah. breaks much earlier than other people, and Lando yeah. breaks much later. Um, and I, yeah. I can't get into all the technical details because I'm not – that's not my, my area of expertise, but – I don't think that this car suits Dana Ricardo's driving style. No. Um, he's obviously, he just, he, he's, but he's, I think he is getting better though. Yeah. And um, I do, I, I do think that unlike a lot of people think that he is probably still going to serve out his contract. I think then that'll be it. I, I, I agree. I don't. At least with McLaren. I don't, but I don't know where well, else he would go. And also so. to about the, the contract thing. I don't think that he will leave before the contract is over and part of that is because of the marketing thing mm-hmm. you know Daniel Ricardo is a huge brand yep. right and he makes a lot of money just by being himself and so I think for McLaren it's beneficial even if he's driving poorly for him to be in that seat because they can sell merch yeah but you just said that they're focusing too much oh on no I I think they are on, I do think they yeah. are well, but, so, but I, that doesn't that, change isn't this an example of that yes then? Isn't exactly this an example of that then by keeping uh arguably subpar driver in the seat just because he's got a great personality and is really marketable yeah are they maybe sacrificing you know a whole lot of points that they could be getting with a better driver who would Probably. then get them a higher place in the constructors who would then get them more money yeah and instead and who you know so it's like yes no absolutely yeah no absolutely i don't know it's a tough one i guess because it's like of course you need you want to win money in the constructors standings but you also you need money from sponsors too and i'm sure there are a lot of sponsors that you know again yeah he's a big brand he's a big personality i don't know yeah it's uh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, I do hope he fans, continues to do better. Fans don't want to cheer for a team that loses, right? So it, it's both, right. right? It's both. Yeah, both things are true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, of course, you have to like. I mean, you know, some people are real. Like, they're they'll say, you know, they're fans. I mean, like Williams has fans. Haas has fans. You know, they're not necessarily well. Haas is better this year, but I mean, you know, they, you know, there are drivers that have fans who are consistently driving at the back they still have fans you know so it's i don't know obviously maybe not as many as <laughs> as someone who's yeah so um i don't know how fernando alonso's fans feel after this race <laughs> but i've got to believe they're not too happy you know what did you think i really thought whole? i was gonna tweet something out like screaming l plan <laughs> that didn't happen though it was the yeah. Opposite of yeah. Oh, disaster. I mean, I'm, I was disappointed because I really was hoping he wasn't just full of crap in that whole, like, you know, he said it multiple times after qualifying where he's like, full attack into turn one. You know, I want to well, lead the Grand Prix was, for a while and see that how that feels again. Fight like a lion energy. Do you remember last year? I don't know. With Esteban Ocon, he's like, you have to fight <laughs> yes. like a lion. Yeah, defend, tell Esteban to defend like a lion. Yeah. I, I wanted to see some Alonzo elbows out. Yeah. I think he just wasn't, you know, because I was curious, I actually rewatched the start from Alando, Alonzo's on board. And I was like, did he really screw up that badly? Or was it just, I mean, not that, again, I'm not a driver of any kind, so I have no idea. He probably didn't get the best start. Um, just based on the fact that 
he you know and Max got a good one and so it you know for, uh, often for uh, usually he's very good on the starts I feel like but I think it wasn't his best and then also again the Red Bull is I mean he did he did temper you know expectations also like before the race he was like P5 would be good for us uh, so I guess <laughs> I remember thinking back on that when the race ended and I was like huh P5 would have been good well I guess you're not going to be happy with as it turned out um, he finished P7, but he got relegated to P9 because of his penalty, which I have to say, I did rewatch that also. I, I, uh, I, again, I don't know how the rule is as written, but he wasn't weaving that much. I mean, it wasn't actually that much weaving. I, I feel don't, like they were... I don't remember it, and I didn't go back and watch it, so I don't have a comment. Yeah, yeah but I see, I think just the fact that you even don't remember it is already you know, speaks to the fact that it wasn't like this egregious weaving, you know, that this was when he was in front of Batas and uh, they were saying that he was weaving on the straight, you oh. know, like he's trying to break the toe, you know, which people will try to do. But like, you know, I thought that to get a penalty, you have to really be like weaving big time, like not, you know, not just like little movements. And now when I watched it back, I was like, well, that didn't seem again, I'm not a steward, but like yeah. also then I had the thought. <laughs> You know what I thought? I was like, I wonder if some of the stewards in that race were like ones where in the past Alonzo was like, I don't know what the FIA is doing. Like, basically, he's giving the middle finger to them like all the time, you know, like with his with both his statements and the things that he does. Like, you remember, like last season, he was like, you know, I'm going to like when he cut the corner on that first turn, wherever that was. He, he basically he was forces like, them into making decisions, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so and so I just wonder if like that kind of attitude doesn't, you know, it doesn't endear you, I'm sure. No. <laughs> to, like he's always sticking his finger in their eye and they're like, "Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, now you get a penalty for barely weaving on the straight." It's like when <laughs> you know, your parents ground you and then you talk back to them and they're like, "Well, you're grounded for another 2 weeks." Exactly. Exactly like that. They grounded Alonzo, and he lost two positions. He thought finishing P five would have been good. P seven would have been respectable, which is where he tech where which is where he finished on merit. You know, P five, P seven, not that different. Not that big. P nine. Uh. That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, I definitely do think it was a little bit of an unfair penalty. So I don't know, um, but but he didn't, you know. He didn't necessarily. I mean, he also was having. They were saying um, there were some issues with his car, apparently too, which then makes it even more egregious that he had that attitude on the radio when they were like saying that they weren't going to move Esteban aside for him, and he's like, "I've been a hundred times faster all weekend," which, like, fair is basically true, but he had a problem with his car. Esteban, they were keeping in front of him so he could give him DRS. Yeah. Like, there was a reason for that. Well, and they were trying you know, to hold up Leclerc. That was the whole point. Right. Yeah, that too. You know, and I'm like, what? he just, uh, he rubs me the wrong way. Like, you know. He, he's a character. I, he's He's a character for sure. He's just, he just doesn't give a fuck, you know. He's like, he's come back to F1. I feel, I feel kind of like a similar vibe from Magnuson to be honest although not in as much of an a-hole type of way yeah but I feel like he's also like he's come back and he's like even though Alonzo this isn't his first year back but it's only a second back from after his like hiatus and I feel like he still is like forced you know, retirement even though yeah 
<laughs> yeah, maybe, you know. But yeah, KMAG too, like where I was, I'm sure like a lot of other uh, people, I was like very nervous when he was wheel to wheel with Lewis, which, you know, then I guess karma worked in this case because uh, uh, KMAG's uh, um, thing with Lewis sent him to the back in Barcelona. And now he got a little too close to Lewis again. And uh, that sent him to the back. No, I li- I enjoyed stayed. that little battle. I did too. Yeah, and was, I thought it was. It was I thought it bad. was legit. I thought it, I didn't think it, it was, was legit. It was, but he got his his. Yeah, it was uh, a racing incident. Part of his, it was. It was. But it. Uh, the reason why he get. Um, and this was something that I didn't even realize at the time of the race because I was like, oh. Um, as long as he can keep going, what does it matter? But I guess because of because he, he got that again that weird what is it the black, black and, and orange, orange yeah flag yeah which he got shown because because they were like we can keep going like they were um, and then in the in the post show um, Pietro Fittipaldi who's the reserve driver for Haas and who's in there for most races and knows what's going on he was like yeah we we saw that it wasn't a huge loss in like aerodynamics or downforce or whatever. And we could have kept going, uh, but when you get that flag, you have to come in yeah. for the fix. And so I that think, was it. He couldn't. I think they recover. they flagged him because they thought it was going to fall off onto the track. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Which fair, like that's yeah. probably well, you know, because you know, then somebody else can hit it, and then there's a safety car, and yeah, and then there's a whole problem. Right. So yeah, I mean that that would have worked out better for K Mag though. <laughs> Most certainly. <laughs> Most certainly. I was going to say though about Alonso about not really caring. I feel like he is the opposite of Kimmy because mm. Kimmy didn't care, mm-hmm. but you didn't hear from him. Yes. <laughs> Alonzo doesn't care, but he never you shuts hear from up. from him all the time. So it does make <laughs> me think he does care. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. No, no. What I meant when I say he doesn't give a fuck is not that he doesn't care about his performance or whatever, stuff like that. No, I think he cares very much about that sort of in a sense, because like you could see that he really like he you know, I don't think he was kidding when he or or exaggerating or anything else when he was saying that uh, it would be nice to lead a Grand Prix again. Yes. Okay. Which when was that? Whereas he he would be like, yeah. This is a hobby. Yeah, he'd be like, whatever. He'd be like, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go home I, and, like, chug two yeah. beers, so. Yeah, he'd be like, it is what it is. Who cares? Like, they, <laughs> like, uh, Kimmy's just, that was, I mean, I felt like uh, people, I mean, I have to say, people thought that that was, like, you know, b- I guess bad behavior, like, he didn't care towards the end or whatever, but I don't think that that's entirely what it was. I really feel like because Kimmy was, after all a very talented driver that when he maybe acted like first of all that's just his personality yeah like i don't think some of it was yeah i definitely like hear what people are saying when they say that like you know he would act like if somebody else would act that way that they would be considered rude and uh you know whatever and for kimmy it was just okay but like also there's something to be said for like people of different personalities and you know when in his entire f1 career do people consider kimmy Reikonin to be like friendly. Yeah, no, I don't think ever. See, to any of the old videos, he's exactly the same person who he was. He's exactly the same. Yeah, he came in the way he did, and he left the same yeah. way. Um, so yeah, I mean, he and I mean, I, I honestly, I uh, appreciated. I remember, I still remember last season when they got to Jeddah, and that was a new track at the time. They were there for the first time, and uh, and and Kimmy had had like I forget if there was something that happened or where he had like very little practice or there was like some issue, and then like and I remember him being asked about like, are you concerned at all about you know that you haven't had as much track time? And he was like, not really. Like you just you know 
turn right when it's a right turn left when it's you know what I mean like he was just like it was so Kimmy yeah and but then but and then and then he did I don't remember where he qualified but then I remember like he did okay for what that yeah. Alfa Romeo was uh at the time and I was like see see Kimmy knows like he's you know he he's not uh making any you know grand declarations and he knows what he's doing yeah uh but yeah but but Fernando yeah it's it's a different type of it's definitely a completely different type of attitude it's he he really does like you can like last year when he got that podium um you know you could that meant like a ton to him yeah I think. absolutely it meant a lot to him um and yeah I think that they were do you think that that's why I was trying to figure this out why did they not pit him under the first virtual safety car the second virtual safety car like why not they didn't pit him at like, all they were, well during, no they, well not not during to, the yeah the safety cars no, as I recall, I think he, I, I think that he pitted just under. I think it must have been, um, maybe it was under the. I can't remember. Look, uh, but, I know people but they like Otmar, but I think he's kind of shady. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, so you think a lot of people are I'm shady? Lot, you know what? Everyone in our friend is shady. So just <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's a fact, including yeah. us. So. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, fair, fair. Um, yeah, I, you know, I like, I just don't, and I, I've heard other people asking kind of the question, like, why, why didn't they pit him? And I, I wonder if it's because, like, he usually is good at preserving his tires, and he, and they thought that it's going to be all right. I guess that this isn't, you know, we can keep going, and because he had, um, at that point, still, you know, good track position. Uh, so I, th I guess they thought, but then, you know, I don't know. I, so I don't know what that strategy was either. Um, so yeah. Alpine, you know, in addition to dubious, uh, planning for when their technical director travels, I think, that <laughs> I think that there are other, or, or chain of command or communication issues that why is there only one person that can take care of this? Uh, probably that's not even the case. And probably Omar was just like using this as a way to complain about it. cop out. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah, there's some issues there with Alpine, I think, as well. Um although Esteban was very happy about his result, I guess as well he should be. Um and I, I definitely know that there are people who are like feeling about Esteban the way I think we were and maybe still are sometimes feeling about George. Not that we don't like George, but that he's lucked into so many results, um, you know, in various ways and that it's like you know, that it makes it look like Lewis is just getting, you know, spanked by him, which is not the case. Uh, but um, but so that's kind of like a similar thing going on with Alonzo and Esteban, too, which is kind of funny. In this case, I, I can only laugh. because <laughs> <laughs> Look, what, what comes and goes, right? It, what comes around goes around. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I. But let's, let's uh, briefly chat about Mercedes since we're kind of coming up on the let's, end of our time here. I don't know that they're really doing better yet. Uh, yeah, I'm not ready to say that they're back. No, me too. But very happy with P3. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, finally. Lewis looked so happy. That was great he to was see. He was so happy. It was really cute. It was really cute. I think he, like, like he now, I forget how many, like, Seasons in a row now, he has had a podium finish. Uh, well, he also has that whole streak of 
that well that's every season every season has been in because he has won a race every season that he has competed in f1 uh which i don't know what the record is for consecutive but he probably has it because he has like all the records <laughs> so so people are there is that like uh discussion about whether is he going to get a race win this season i think it's gonna if happen. he doesn't yeah i mean i really hope so i really I, hope you so know for sure. i was kind of convinced I, science and Verstappen could have taken each other out, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, no, it was not to be. Couldn't catch up to him. I mean, I have to say, I'm a little torn on that whole discussion too, because a lot of people are like, "Oh, signs, you know, he just doesn't have it. He couldn't overtake Max." I, yeah. I don't know. I think the uh, Red Bull was just too good. I think so too. I mean, I, you know, people are like, "Oh, if it had been Charles, would he have been able to get past him?" I'm going to say no, because he was stuck behind Esteban Ocon for, like, how many laps? I know he was in a DRS train, et cetera, you know, but, like... He probably would have just, uh, like, drove into the back of his car and been like, it's an incident. (laughs) Just an an incident. (laughs) Just an incident. Um, Yeah, that wouldn't have worked here, I don't think. But, uh, no... But uh, you know, yeah, I don't. I don't know that Charles would have been able to to do anything to do anything more. I mean, the I I'm not sure. It's very very hard to say. I mean, honestly, I did hear. I do remember. And I don't know I if it's actually worth discussing. But yeah, it's it's you know, I mean, but that's yeah, because I just heard a lot of people talking about it being like, oh, Carlos is clearly you know not you know on Charles level, not on Charles level, not on. But he did get fastest lap. Um, so, you know, that's something. Yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, he's coming out of this weekend very, very positive. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens now. Um, going forward now, things are going to be sort of back to normal, I guess, for Silverstone. Um, sad times also for Mick. Sad yeah, times just for Yuki. Quick, quick. I was note. genuinely worried about you. <laughs> I was like, when Yuki gets back there, is Helmet going to give him like a spanking, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry to infantilize Yuki, which I don't pr- appreciate when people do, but I'm saying this because of Helmut's a jackass. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I've heard, I, like, there was, I remember Sebastian Vettel telling the story where he had, like, done pretty well in some race, and then Helmut, like, comes to his room at, like, 10 at night or something, and Sebastian's, like, in his underwear, and Helmut's like, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. He was like, but I, I, I did pretty well. <laughs> He's like, can this wait till the morning? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess not. That's what I'm thinking. If Helmut comes with that kind of energy when you do pretty well, then I can't imagine what happens when you, you know, crash and are out of the race. Yeah. It can't be good. It cannot be I, good. I don't know. Maybe, let's hope his attention is not so much on AlphaTauri, uh, and maybe he will let that one Maybe go. he's expending all his energy on Sergio Perez, even though that wasn't his fault. True. Well, he had a bad weekend, right. but the car exploding on him yeah. is not his fault. No, that part's not his fault, but uh, the the thing before was his fault in, in qualifying. But yeah, I you know these things happen. I guess he got to go for a very nice walk in the woods, which looked quite relaxing. A little I hike. Say. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I hope I hope it helped him because <laughs> he wasn't feeling too. Yeah, I, I got I feel for him honestly. I do feel for him uh, for sure because he was coming off like you know such a good weekend and then to have this happen it kind of sucks for sure so um very quickly who do you think are your winners and losers for the weekend Hmm. well i mean i guess it would be easy to say the winners are red bull you know 
and Max because... I don't think Red Bull's the winner, but I think... Well, this is yours, so I will tell you mine after. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I struggle to think who who I would say is... I mean, you know, yeah, I I would say... I, I would say especially Max specifically because he really did not seem to be under any re- I mean people were building up this battle at the end with Carlos as if it was like very very serious pressure and I think that it was some amount of pressure but it didn't really seem to me like he was that worried do you know what I mean yeah. like he was he was just like oh now I get to go like in fact he talked about it afterwards he's like it's really fun to be able to go flat out in an F1 car I'm like yeah I'm sure it is. yeah it sounds really fun <laughs> because a lot of the time maybe you're you know you actually can't like you're having to save your tires and manage things and whatever so he he really but when you're under attack like that you have to go full out you know flat out and he was like that was really fun so I think he was having fun he wasn't really like oh no he might get me well, I'm glad someone's <laughs> having fun yeah, yeah. And as for losers, I mean, um, well, I'll, I mean, Mr. Fernando Alonso, <laughs> I'm just going to say because I, because I just have this antipathy towards him. I'm sorry <laughs> to the Fernando Alonso fans, but like he, I, I he's, I, I think he's very talented, but he's just such a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't normally I kind of I, I, I think this is personal growth because in a former uh, former version of myself, a younger version of myself actually liked people like that. I think a little too much, especially men like that. Yeah, uh, I understand that. And I yeah, there you go. I used to be a Novak Djokovic fan. There you are. I'm no longer. There you are. I think he's Very such similar. jackass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I yeah, understand Mr. that. I don't need the vaccine, yeah. yeah. Gross. Uh, yeah, very, totally. Uh, no, I understand um, that. And so now I'm like, no, no, that's, that's, you're just a jackass. You know, I used to, I used to think that that was like, you know, oh, he's just confident. I do kind of like he's Fernando just... Alonso still, so like, I, I really yeah. get it. I do really get it. <laughs> yeah, because he's not as bad as Djokovic, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. No, I just think he's, he's a good. little better. But no, I understand what you're saying. He did kind of, yeah, no, he, he probably, was a loser. I mean, I'd probably have, like, fun hanging out with him, but, like, I I don't think he's just the best type of human being, I guess. <laughs> like, to me now in my, in my, you know, older years, I'm now, those are the things that are more important to me now. I'm like, if you're a good driver, that's cool. Like, I can respect you for that. But I really need someone to also be a good human being to really respect them. That's fair. You know, because that's a lot, that's, that's like more important to of course you know in terms of that you're here to drive the car like it's more important to be a good driver i guess than to be good being a good person isn't going to help you drive better just ask nikki latifi um but leave nikki alone (laughs) leave him alone oh you're so sweet you're just you're just so nice you're just so nice and i i i wish i could but i you know it's uh, I, I just read this thing earlier this evening about how he thinks that his chassis is not as is like somehow different than I, Alex's. And I I'm did like, see that. That sounds familiar. And I'm choosing to ignore it. <laughs> I just think I hope he's seeing somebody, okay? Because I feel like ever since the Abu Dhabi crash, <laughs> like a therapist. Yes, seriously, okay. I feel like ever since the yeah. Abu Dhabi crash, things have not been going well for him, and things no. were on the up for him last season because he got so much mm-hmm. hate. After the Abu Dhabi crash, 
which was not yeah. warranted. It is not his right. fault no, that no, Michael Massey no. did not do his job correctly. No, it was, it was not his fault, of course. Of course. So but I feel like he needs Crashing to is see. still his fault. Well, yeah. I mean, that track was yeah. terrible. Well, yeah. yeah. Abu Dhabi is a tough track. Very tough. Every, yeah. bunch of people crashed. It's fine. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, Charles I Claire when I read like that, driven I was into like, how many walls? Yeah, okay, but then he's also fast the rest of the time. <laughs> and so, and you know. Nicholas Latifi was improving. Okay, look, I'm he not was, trying. I, what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that I think some people are unduly mean to him, and they should tone it down. Okay. And I'm not trying to be the okay, tone police, okay. but also we don't need to be so rude on the internet all the time. <laughs> if you wouldn't say something to somebody's face, don't say it on the internet. And I know that this is a rule I, that I agree with that. I will I say a lot of that. things to people's face. So I know that this rule sometimes doesn't work because I will say a lot of <laughs> shit to people's faces. But just think about that before you post something on the internet, folks. I agree with that, and I'm here to say that I would say these things to his face. And that's I fine. would maybe do it a little bit nicer that's or fine. something. But there with are maybe like a caveat. There are but yeah, but MZK twenty five fifteen from unknown location hiding behind an avatar <laughs> tweeting things that are mean on the internet. Yeah, no, like, of course people You do can't even that, put your your is... real your real personality on Yeah, no, that's not cool. That's not cool. As as our former guest host RJ Young said, what's your government name? <laughs> yes, RJ, thank He's you. Like, put put where what's your what's your real name? What does your mama call you? Yeah. You then know? we can have a conversation. Then there. then I can take you yeah. seriously. That's right. That's right. Put your real name on that shit, you know? Be like we we got our real names. On, on things, and uh, I, I think that it's very easy to, yeah, when you're just, uh, you know, nobody to to just say whatever you want. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, who, who are your winners? In the oh, my then? winner is Max Verstappen. I think okay. he won the day. <laughs> yeah, I believe he did win. Let me check my notes. Uh, yes. He definitely yes, was, he did well, win. He was the winner in a broader <laughs> sense. In a broader sense, he was yes. the winner. Yeah, because he's now leading by a lot in the championship. Mm-hmm. Like forty six points, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I think the losers are McLaren. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you would they, say that. They they lost hard. <laughs> yeah, they did. They lost hard. <laughs> they did. Um, and I was yeah. I was trying to think of a, a team that I you know did well enough to be declared a winner, but I don't think there is one. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so either because, I mean, even with Ferrari, like there's a lot of things that are other than the slow pit stop. There's you know, some things that are in hindsight, maybe, well, in hindsight, you know, everything is twenty twenty, of course. Of course. But, like, that was something Carlos was like, well, maybe I should have gone on soft tires on that last uh, pit stop, you know, because maybe then he would have been able to get Max and, you know. I really wanted to knows. see a team during the virtual safety car yeah, throw on I the softs. I know that. it was, like, a little bit long to go, but I really just wanted yeah. one of them, like, especially a back marker, just throw yeah. on the softs. See what happens. Just go Just for it. <laughs> freaking go for it. It's full send. Throw caution to the wind. I mean, look, George Russell could do it in qualifying. So can you. Put on slicks while it's still puddles everywhere. You, too, can do a crazy thing. And maybe it won't pay <laughs> off like it didn't for George. But maybe it will. You never that know. That was <laughs> psychotic that he did that. <laughs> I cannot believe they it let really him do that. Was. Look. It is good to try new yeah. things and to try something <laughs> that other people aren't doing. 
but there was there was standing water, and everybody yeah, could see that there was standing I, water on the track. And then do you know what I really did not love, other than because I don't care if you take a crazy chance. Really, he did like an I, opposite I think of Lando. That that's okay. Yeah, I you're right. I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that specifically. Like I'm all for that. Like yeah. do something nuts, you know, whatever. Like you're not fighting for the championship. F it, you know. we ball. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. YOLO. Like I get it, you know. But what I didn't love was that this like there was this effusive praise for that call for 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 George doing that from from like a lot of the punditry like it was well, this like that was so brave like you would have thought this man ran into a burning building to save a little baby did you or something know? like i that's how they were talking did about you know it. that in every race he scored in the points <laughs> did you know that Anna? <laughs> no he's been in the top five in each oh excuse race. me excuse me yes i miss so of course he scored point yes yeah yeah so, yes, I did know that. And also, apparently, was extremely brave to do what he did. He like, defended like, like a lion, in the words <laughs> of He didn't Alonzo. defend from that puddle. That, well, you know, know what I loved is that when they were like, oh, he's on the slicks, he's on the slicks, what a move, he's on the slicks. And then yeah. he just hits the, the puddle right. and it spins was out. Right, like two seconds later, two seconds later. They're like, they're like about to go on about how this is so great and like how he's made I such mean, a good decision. I mean, I get it. I get it. Like he, he's a if genius. that had worked out, oh, yeah, he, he could have been like a genius. Pole, yeah. You know, he could have gotten pole or something. Yeah, I definitely think he was like, he thought he was back in spot last year. That's exactly he what I was thinking. Lab, you know, that's definitely what was going on he was like i've done this before i mean he didn't get pulled then but he was in a williams now he's in a better car so he was like i can, I can get pulled this is gonna be amazing i'm gonna win the race you know whatever but he probably wouldn't win even if he had got pulled but um but let's be real because the car's still not car's still uh, not as fast as yeah so yeah i mean i just think people need to calm down a little bit i feel like if because it's george like i i'm glad that there's this swell of support behind him and all i guess but and i don't have any problem with him i think he's obviously doing an amazing yeah, he's a job great driver. but it's yeah he's, he's, doing he's fantastic, so good fantastic. he's insane he's so good he's so good and so c- consistent as we said <laughs> well it's just like a little bit like you know i feel like when lebron was coming up everybody was like oh my god he's the best basketball player to ever walk this earth it's like mm-hmm. he he just has been playing playing in Cleveland for a season. Mm-hmm. Like let's yep. and and yep. he has gone on to become you know one of the greatest basketball I mean, players I get, of all time. To be fair, to, I to guess be, that was I mean, true. Well, yeah, in hindsight, like, yes. But also, yeah. I feel like it's kind of the same with George. Like, yes, I think he will be an am- mm-hmm. he is an amazing racer. I think he will be yeah. one of the all time greats going forward. Mm-hmm. But we're not there yet. No, it's like slow your roll. Slow your roll. I mean, I feel that way even with Max. To be honest, yes. You know, and that doesn't just come from me not really being a fan of his. I, I really don't think it does. I feel that I would, I feel like I would think this way about, but I guess it's, this is a common thing in sports, I guess. You know, someone young comes in and starts doing well and people like lose their shit. Yeah. You know, like I, I guess it's, it's a common thing, you know, and it's not going to end and stop or anything like that. But I, I mean, you know, they, people said the same things about Lewis when he had just, started, oh, for sure. Course, you know, that was also right. So it's probably true about Max, but I also definitely think that, you know, like, hang on. Yeah, but I will <laughs> say, like, like, slow down. Um, I will say, though, about George is that it's it's certainly a British bias thing as well. I mean, I've been told that there's this British bias thing, but 
I'm not sure that that works for you unless you've got a pasty complexion. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, George is like, yeah. if you look at him, you're like, could you have made a more English looking person? Yeah. Like, I don't even want to say no. British. English looking person. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's he's he really is the quintessential. He's so Anglo. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he is. And not that it's a bad thing. I'm not trying no, to like criticize no. that, but it's just like he's yeah, so yeah. So what yeah. you ex- like, he should be like at Eaton or like <laughs> I know. at Westminster. Okay, know. he should. He really should. I feel like. I mean, I feel like he'd be kind of maybe at home there. You know, there's definitely a bit of. Um, uh, I don't know George's politics, and I don't know how he necessarily feels about things, but I feel like he may not he does, be the He gives most... off Tory vibes, for sure. Yeah, he really does. He really does. Yeah, I'm sorry to say, but it's true. I feel like um. he also should be called, like, George, William, Alexander, Arthur, <laughs> right. Philip, Russell, <laughs> Percival. No, that's Charles. Yeah. Charles Char- Char- actually has a name like that. He's got like 17,000 names. And I think Carlos does too, because that's what all these rich people, they, well, they all have like Spanish 20. people who are Spaniards tend to have long names as well. That's okay, a, true, that's a, true. that's like a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. But he is also, but rich. also a rich person thing, <laughs> at least in other countries, yeah. maybe there it's, you know, in other countries it's like, you know, yeah, if you've got all these family names, you're probably quite rich. Okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I guess we should uh, get to yeah. our tweet of the week. I also wanted to quickly say a belated happy Father's Day to all the dads yeah. out there. Hope you enjoyed your day. Um, the uh, They actually did ask uh, in, in the grouping uh, that was Lewis, Max, and other drivers, they asked them about their – or no, it was maybe it was after the race. Yeah, it was after the race. Uh, so the, the top three just were, you know, when they're doing the post-race press conference, they were asked about their dads, which was kind of a nice warm moment, although I was – a bit uncomfortable listening to Max talk about his dad in such a glowing, positive way because, of course, there are some things, <laughs> as everyone knows, that aren't so glowing and positive. Not great. But I guess Max doesn't see it that way, and if so, I guess good for him. I, whatever. He's worked <laughs> through it. I mean, I doubt it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Max is the therapy type. I'm just going to say doesn't seem like it to me. I don't think he's the introspective type. I could be wrong. Well, yeah. on that note. On that tweet note. Of the week. Yeah, we didn't actually uh, discuss no, what our tweet let's of the do week both winner should be. Because they're really funny. Give it to both? I was, you had asked yeah. me what my thoughts were over text before we started recording. And I That's couldn't right. make a decision because they were both really funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so should we should we, should we call it a tie? Yeah, let's call it a tie. Yeah, let's call it a tie. Okay, so one of them uh, was from, um, this is, I don't know how you say this, but it's uh, Slarty underscore I-Y-H, and uh, they had a funny response to um, me. I tweeted during the race because, uh, well, no, not during the race, during qualifying. Uh, so Charles, of course, didn't do a lot of qualifying since he was going to be starting at the back anyway. So there's no point in, you know, taking the risk if you're starting at the back. So he did a little bit and then he was back in the garage. And there was, and I tweeted a photo of him in the garage saying that there's this uh, cute new young employee at Ferrari, <laughs> apparently. 
and um and then uh and then uh someone else had tweeted that picture of like Mattia and the drivers uh at McDonald's because people have been saying that their uniforms look like McDonald's uniforms this year which they do they uh, absolutely <laughs> do Especially yeah, when they so wear the, the headsets in the garage. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Like they're they're taking your order at the drive-through. I would like a number so, ten, please. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so this uh, the first winner of the tweet of the week is um, uh, they tweeted they're like, if you think these guys at the registers are quick, you should see the crew working in the back. I hear they average two point three seconds per Happy Meal, <laughs> which gave us a good chuckle. And Ferrari could only dream of doing a pit stop. Uh, that quickly so maybe they should get some of the guys from mcdonald's down to ferrari and teach them a thing you know or two. the guy the guys at my local mcdonald's they're speedy yeah same with mine i mean i'm thinking probably uh burger making skills are not directly transferable to changing a tire but you never everything know everything is learnable I, I mean you know give it a shot i'm just saying um, you know okay you want to do the other our other yes winner? and then our other winner is from our one of our best friends of the pod. Yes. Okay. So Anna from our racing incident account had tweeted out, uh, well, had quote tweeted um, a post from Autosport, which said Vettel was asked if he is interested in racing for Porsche or Audi if they entered F1 in 2026. And he responded, how old are we going to be in 2026, Fernando? <laughs> and he responded, you will be 46 and I will be your age now. Should we keep going? Yeah. So, Anna had quote tweeted this saying, how are we feeling about Fernando potentially racing past his mid-40s? Let me just say, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> like, if he's still there when he's 46, like, I don't know about that. Like, I, I he might try to stay that long, people. I think I'm he's telling go- you He's right definitely now, going to try. This man is going to need to be wheeled out on a gurney. Like, he is going to stay there as long as he humanly possible. He is not going to retire until Lewis Hamilton retires. No, no. He wants to outlast anyway. him. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah anyways, exactly. Kevin responded, it'll be nice to have an experienced <laughs> backmarker. I died when I first read this. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I hope you don't consider this tweet of the week win. We tweet of the week win. That's a hard one to say, people. Uh, any lesser for sharing it with uh, someone else, but I assure you it's just as funny. Uh, yeah, no, I had a very good laugh at that because, you know, an experienced backmarker actually could be very useful. Uh, they they would, wait wait a minute, I was just thinking something. I was going to say that, like, well, that would be good because they'd obey the blue flags and do all the right things. And then I was like, wait a minute, no. it's Fernando. He's not going to obey shit. He's just going to hold up traffic. <laughs> He's going to be like, oh, blue flag? I just ignore that. You like, try me. That's, that's, that's not important. Uh, which, you know, apparently is fine to do sometimes. They're going to, like, have uh, to, like, you know corner him with like the safety car and the medical car <laughs> like you know like if he was like if they were cop cars you know like in like like when it's a police yeah. chase <laughs> and then he'll come in oh my god it's gonna be exactly like that they're gonna be like okay fernando the race is over you're still driving around like what's gonna stop <laughs> he's like no i love formula one i'm not stopping not stopping try and make me <laughs> Honestly, I just the, uh, I think that he doesn't want to go to form leave Formula One because yeah. he did not do well in IndyCar. Or it's not that he didn't do well; he just didn't do as well as he wanted to. No, he didn't yeah, do well. Yeah, I all. mean, I think I think that he, but I mean, he did. Like as I understand, he uh, well, I don't remember what the issues were 
um, at the Indy 500, but I think there may have been some extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, he, I think I remember s- hearing other drivers were saying they thought he did a good job considering, oh. you know, that he was coming in. So I, I think he did like, okay. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I mean, he's just really, he's loving, he's loving being back there. He's very happy. He's, you know, messing with everybody, stirring shit up, holding up half the field. He's just, he's having a great time. He's having a great time. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> we will, uh, once again, please remember to send us your questions for Willie because um, we will be recording that next week. So you've got some time left to send us your questions before the 26th or maybe the 27th at maximum. Um, and, yeah, that's it for us this week, guys. Uh, we will talk to you next week with Mr. Willie T. Rip. How exciting. Bye. Bye Thank you so much for listening. We are an independent podcast made with love, and we appreciate each and every one of you who listens. Racing Incident is hosted by me, Anna Tarkov, and Ellen Nolly. It is produced by myself and Ellen, and editing and tech support is by Tim Rodriguez. Charles, what's happened with Max? Nothing, just an incident on the race.